This program is presented by the MCTV Network, a service of the City of Midland, Michigan. This presentation coincides with programming on Midland Government Television, covering government affairs in the City of Midland. The following presentation of the Midland City Council will begin in a moment. The Midland City Council is the city's legislative body. It sets policies, approves budgets, determines tax rates, and adopts ordinances and resolutions to govern the city. It is made up of five elected officials that represent the wards in which they reside, and councilmen are elected to two-year terms. The mayor is elected from among the council members by vote of the city council. City council meetings are held at 7 p.m., two Mondays per month, in council chambers at City Hall. This presentation is provided by the MCTV Network, a service of the City of Midland. Replays of this meeting can be found on MGTV Channel 188 on Charter Spectrum, through Channel 99 on at Uverse, or on demand at www.cityofmidlandmi.gov. Select meetings are available on MCTV Network's Government Affairs Podcast Channel. Good evening and welcome to our May 10th, 2021 meeting of City Council. And Mr. Wozbinski is going to lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. All right, thank you very much. All right, Erica, will you please call roll and everyone please respond with your name and location. Honorable Mayor Donker. Here in Midland, Michigan. Councilman Arnowski. Here, Midland, Michigan. Councilman Brown-Wilhelm. Here, Midland, Michigan. Councilman Hall. Here, LA, California. Councilman Wasbinski. Here, Midland, Michigan. Thank you, everyone. And thank you for joining us from LA, Pam. We appreciate you doing that, being on vacation with your family. All right, that takes us now to our conflict of interest. Um, or wait, let me ask, is there any conflict of interest? Great, then now that takes us to our consent agenda. Um, all resolutions marked with an asterisk are considered to be routine and will be enacted by one motion. There will be no separate consideration of these items unless a citizen or council member so requests during the discussion stage of the motion to adopt the consent agenda as indicated. If there is even a single request, the item will be removed from the consent agenda without further motion and considered in its listed sequence in regular fashion. And we have a motion to approve the consent agenda. So move, Marty. Second, Steve. Okay, we have a first and second. Is there anything um, that council would like removed from the consent agenda? No, Madam Mayor. Seeing none, is there anything that um, the public would like removed from the consent agenda? I see no hands, Madam Mayor. Seeing none, then all in favor, please say aye. Oops. Well, please listen to Erica and not me. Okay. <laughs> Councilman Arnowski? Aye. Councilman Brown Wilhelm? Aye. Councilman Hall? Aye. Councilman Wasbinski? Aye. Mayor Donker? Aye. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. That takes us to public hearings. And this evening we have one public hearing. And it is our second and final public hearing for our budget. And Mr. Keenan is going to lead that in just a second. 
So this is an opportunity for, for the public to hear about um, the budget. And once that um, it is done, then we will um, ask if there are any questions. So council has an opportunity to ask questions. Public has an opportunity to ask questions. And once those are asked, then we will just close the public hearing and the vote on the budget will occur um, our next council meeting on May 25th. So with that, now I will turn that over to you, Mr. Keenan. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Uh, just a couple of techno checks. Can you hear me okay? And does the screen look okay? All yeah. right, I'm seeing some head nods. Get a thumb up here. So uh, you are correct. This is the second uh, public hearing on the proposed budget. And this is a screen that will basically cue uh, anyone who wishes to provide input at the such time. I also have this at the end of my slide presentation, um, just to remind everyone. So uh, tonight's presentation is pretty high level. And I, I, I would like to spend just a little bit of time explaining for first time viewers, if there are any uh, that are tuning in tonight that um, do not be misled by the shortness of my presentation while it is a public hearing. The, the goal is to, uh, is to provide the opportunity for public to provide input. And council uh, has been deliberating over this um, since, well, since they received the budget on April 12th, and we've actually had conversations earlier than that, it goes back to January. Um, so we have spent time numerous times at these public meetings. Uh, we spent in excess of two hours at the budget work session. So um, while my portion of this presentation is, is relatively brief, um, we have had a lot of discussion and public discussion over the budget prior to tonight. So as you can see, Public hearing number two, uh, the only thing that's left after tonight in two weeks would be the budget adoption. Um, and I think we're on track to make that happen so that the budget would become effective July 1st. There has been opportunities for input along the way. Uh, the final after tonight would be the budget adoption, at least in terms of a formal meeting. Um, we are always open to input and comments, um, either through email or through telephone. Um, I will tell you that the uh, only questions I've had was from the Midland Daily News. So as far as I know, it's been a, a fairly quiet uh, budget process, which is not a bad thing. Um, so let's get into the budget. So as every year we, we put forth a budget that we hope will satisfy not only the goals, um, the ongoing goals that the, count, that the um, city has, but also additional directives that we typically get from city council in January. And so these goals, everyone is, uh, at least you all are relatively familiar with at this time. We strive to, to allow the, the community to have an outstanding quality of life. And we get there by taking care of our, our stuff, essentially our, our assets. We take care of what we have. And we're able to do that by putting plans into place that, that we can continue uh, to afford year after year. Um, there, that is the ensure economic sustainability of the plans we put in place. So we think the budget allows us to continue to do that again for another year. Um, and in addition, we had six directives that came from council. The first was to maintain public services at the highest level. And I can tell you that we've made no reductions to the level of service um, within the budget. So if you like the services that are provided, uh, you will like this budget. The second, 
And third together uh, was to provide some additional funding to the stormwater and wastewater fund to essentially prop them up and make those fundings available for uh, flood mitigation activities, which um, both of these funds will be involved in farther down the road. And we've done that. We've increased the funding as requested by city council. Uh, moving along, maintain the millage rate at 15.14 mils, which is the current millage rate that we have. And you can see um, millage for millage or the components of the millage. But if you go down to the bottom, we are staying at 15.1385 uh, for the upcoming year is what's proposed. This is a page that's included in the budget document itself. It just provides the reader with some a little bit of background information with the various components of the millage rate, what they um, attend, attempt to pay for. And you can see uh, kind of a comparison over time of the millage rates. It's been flat for several years, which, which is a good thing. Um, so the millage or the budget, I should say, satisfies a few things that the state of Michigan makes us um, go through the hoops to, to make sure we are. First of all, the Headley rollback, we are capped at 18 mils, but it's actually rolled back to 17.87 mils. So we're well below that. There are some formulas that we have to go through, uh, truth in taxation and truth in assessing uh, that the state puts forth. And, and there's actually a section in the budget book where we talk specifically about these, uh, but we've satisfied those. And then in terms of the Uniform Budgeting and Accounting Act, we are also in full compliance with that. So moving on to um, unfunded liabilities, everybody's favorite topic. Um, council allowed me to put additional funding in there once again, thank you very much, um, to help try to pay down these unfunded liability balances. And so we have three plans uh, that we're basically talking about here, retiree health care, police fire pension, and civilian pension. And this line here indicates what we would be required to pay by actuaries into each of these plans for a total of 14.9 million. The budget that's being proposed uh, has additional funding in each one of these for 16.1 million. This is simply a little more information on each of those. Um, I guess the, the common things that we like to talk about, or in some cases we don't like to talk about, but we do anyway because we have to, is the funded ratio. So the police fire pension is about 76% funded, MERS 54 and retired healthcare 54. Overall, we're at about 60% funded um, combined for these three plans. We have an unfunded liability of $138 million. Not pretty news, but it is what it is. And we continue to try to improve on that, uh, but it's something that we have to keep in the forefront because it will be an ongoing budget. Uh, Directive, hopefully, a challenge, certainly, over the next few years. Again, this is a page in the budget book that simply provides some additional information to the reader about uh, each of these plans and what we've done, uh, should they so desire to read about it. And finally, uh, fund balance. I was advised to leave $6 million um, held back in the general fund for unreserved fund balance. Uh, we will have that, and we'll also have almost $8 million for the budget stabilization for a total of almost $14 million um, at the end of 2022. The consolidated budget, which is basically all of the funds lumped in together uh, with the inner fund activity eliminated. So the intent is to try to, to narrow it down to um, 
money that's being spent outside the city, not necessarily between departments. Uh, we're at 102.6 million. Uh, that would compare to 104.5 last year or a $1.9 million reduction. And so I've, I put together a list that we've talked about in the past. I won't go down the entire list, but these are significant items that um, quickly get us to that 1.9 million reduction. The largest on here, um, there are certain, certain projects that we undergo that are large enough not only to uh, impact the change in a particular fund, but sometimes they're large enough to impact the, the entire city budget. And certainly with the cell development going on, um, there's nearly $3 million uh, in the current year budget that won't be repeated next year. And so that's looked at as a reduction or a change, which again, when you're looking for a million nine, that, that's a single big item that, that gets us there. So how are we paying for all of this? This pie chart shows, um, no surprise, taxes and related items, 37.7 or 37%. Uh, of funding that budget. The next large, largest piece is, is uh, fee for service at 33.3 million or 32%. Now this includes things like apartment rents, um, if you rent a pavilion, um, you pay your water bill, things like that. All those are considered fees for services and are included in there. And then the other sections, anything that doesn't fit these two or other governments, which is our grants, our state shared revenue, our gas and weight tax, our uh, personal property tax reimbursement, all fall into here and everything that's left over that is truly revenue coming in is about 3% or this piece. And then carryover, which we talk about frequently um, and all of the funds combined uh, would, would pay for the balance of the budget, nearly $9 million. So in the general fund, I'm not gonna go, I'm not gonna go line by line or department by department um, like we have in the past, um, I'm simply going to touch on some of the larger cost centers and public safety being the largest in the general fund at almost 21 million. Uh, Midland is a is known as being a safe place in uh, these departments, among others, um, but certainly these departments uh, are, are key to making that so. And so police, fire, and building inspection and planning are included in here for the $20.9 million. Parks and Recreation, uh, Midland's also known for having many parks and, and very nice parks at that. But again, that's not without a cost. And so the general fund budget has $6.8 million included for Parks and Recreation programs. Sanitation, um, you put stuff out at the curb and it goes away to quote a former city manager, um, a wonderful service and uh, again, not inexpensive, but certainly something that community is very fond of. $4.2 million in the budget will help pay for these services for the next year. Moving away from the general fund to the special revenue funds, um, the largest special revenue fund would be the major street fund. But for the purpose here, we've got them combined just to let people know that we're going to spend over $10 million on, on maintenance. Uh, this year in the major local street funds. We've got a million two tucked away to, to move the snow when that happens. And we're talking about 233 miles of streets and 20 plus miles of bank, uh, bike lanes that go, goes along with that. So this is a big component of the city's budget. The stormwater fund at 1.8 million. Uh, this is a program that's jointly managed by various departments, uh, wastewater, public services and engineering. And you can see here, we've got 190 miles of, of storm sewer systems. We've got a lot of miles of creeks and open drains. 
Um, we also have to do video inspections and repairs and things of that nature. This is one of the two funds that will be impacted uh, as we get into the uh, sewer project uh, later on this year. dial ride transportation, another very popular program that the city offers. Uh, 2.8 million, although 73% of that comes from state and federal grants. Uh, there is some user fees that pays for a small portion of the balance, uh, but the local match by and large comes from the general fund contribution. The Downtown Development Authority, there's over 100, um, many, I didn't realize there's that many until we actually took the inventory, but whether you're talking about services or restaurants or things of that nature in the downtown district, uh, a lot of events that goes on every year, a lot of spending to make it a, a, an attractive place. Uh, we spend 1.3 million out of our budget, but over the past five years, we've been able to get over $60 million of public and private investment in the downtown area. So this is, this is you're gonna be seeing more and more about this fund over the next couple of years. We're gonna move away to the enterprise funds and we'll start with the landfill. <clears throat> so the landfill, a $5.3 million budget, and not only does it, it's not only the home of everything that you put out to the curb and it goes away, um, but it also has a gas to energy conversion process going on where it captures the gas, the methane gas, and then burns it, turns generators and creates electricity with it. Also, there's heat that comes off the generators that's given to the wastewater plant. So a lot going on here. Um, it's a big operation for the city, certainly. The wastewater fund is the second largest enterprise fund uh, that we have. 83% of the expenses come from user fees. Um, that would probably, it would be higher were it not for the general fund contribution coming in. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, it's a couple of key things to think about here is uh, going into this project that we're talking, we keep talking about, I keep bringing up. Um, all the existing debt will be paid off by April of 2022. So that's a, that's a good thing. Um, 3% rate increase is planned for the next fiscal year. It's built into the rates and built into the budget. And just to reiterate, uh, the general fund has contributed a, a million dollars for flood mitigation to help stabilize this fund. The largest enterprise fund and the second largest fund of the city, uh, the water fund, $14.4 million. Um, this is a, a big operation for the city, a lot of customers, a lot of testing, a lot of regulation. Um, and we're planning on a 4% rate increase for the 21-22 year. So if you combine those two funds that come out on a single billing, um, you can see the, the average or not the average, which you can see the history of the rate increases for both. And when you combine them, it's about a $10 increase for the average home with a one inch meter per quarter uh, for next year. So Madam Mayor, that was kind of my pretty high level um, touch base on the key things for the budget. And um, just to remind everyone, um, now is the time for council questions and to hold a public hearing. And if everything goes well, in two weeks, uh, I'll be going through the final presentation on the budget, asking approval from council of uh, several items in a resolution that would, would amend that would, would uh, adopt the budget. So I am done at this point. I'm gonna go to here, stop talking and let you do your thing. Okay, very good. So before I open the public hearing, is there any questions for Dave from anyone on council? Madam Mayor, I do have a quick question. 
Um, we, Dave, we have a lot of work that needs to be done, and we've talked about having a, spe a special election um, for the work we have to do uh, in response to flood mitigation. Where is that funding going to come from, or is it something that we're going to set aside out of people? you know, the personal property tax refund or? Is that directed towards me or is that directed towards Mr. K? Because he and I actually had a conversation about that very topic about 23 minutes ago. Right, that's fine. Yes, Mr. Oh. K, because we don't have a, um, a general election this year. No, we don't. And so I guess my... So here, now that I opened it up for Brad, I'm going to just dump, jump in and probably get myself in trouble. Um, we, we don't have those costs for holding an election, but I would not let that be the controlling factor. I think the controlling factor is the timing of the election, giving us time to be able to be ready for it, to make sure right. our plan is solid, to make sure that we have had the time to um, get the word out so that we have a very high success rate at whatever we're going to do at this election uh, because we have funding uh, the city manager has a reserve for contingency that he could access we have almost eight million dollars in a budget stabilization reserve account and i think you're talking and, and eric can correct me erica can correct me if i'm wrong but around 60 to eighty thousand dollars is that a, a rough estimate that's my best guess right now yes because okay. we don't have much to compare it to with the new changes okay so it's you know, it, if we take it out of the contingency, that would be a, a one meeting action from council. If if it turns out that I, I should be amending the budget to do that, you know, that's two meetings. Um, either way, you know, don't let that, I guess, don't let that prohibit you from um, coming up with the plan. Yeah, we definitely need the plan. I'm so I said all that, Brad, what did I get wrong? Well, can I jump right, in there, Brad? So I think that that is, a great conversation and but as I heard Dave say there is some money in the budget um, for that but I think that it's a broader conversation so can we do that under new business that conversation rather than under the budget oh yeah no my question was answered okay very good I'm good all right then is there any other council questions as it relates to the budget itself okay so I see none so I'm going to open the public hearing and if you want have any questions or comments on the budget, now is the, the time. And um, once you're once you're recognized, please state your name and address. I'm not seeing any hands. Okay. Well, then seeing no comments from the public, we will close our second public hearing and we will come back to discuss this further on May 24th. All right. Thank you very much, Mr. Keenan, as always, masterful. <laughs> You're, you were muted. So if you made us a, a funny little remark, Dave, we didn't hear it. Funny remark? Why? No, I, I appreciate it. And, um, Again, it's it's all the finance department and the rest of staff. They they set me up so that I can actually get through this in somewhat of a organized path. So um, I appreciate that, and I will I will pass that on. Thank you, because we do appreciate all that your team has done.
All right, this now takes us to public comment. This is an opportunity for people to address council on issues that are relevant to council business, but not on the agenda. Is there anyone from the public that has a public comment this evening? Madam Mayor, I see John Musty. All right, Mr. Musty, please. Will you just state your name and address? Uh, John Musty, 4900 Oak Ridge Drive. I trust you can hear me okay. You can. I would like to make some comments regarding the sewer improvement plans, communication and approval strategy. I believe that uh, public uh, presentation and dialogue, not just one way communication should precede procuring approval from the state and procuring government grants. Once these things happen, won't making changes be difficult? If so, voters will eventually be faced with a take it or leave it decision without having had any real opportunity to impact the plan through understanding and dialogue. This probably will not facilitate public buy-in to the plan. I will provide three examples of issues that I believe need public education, dialogue, and support prior to being potentially locked in with the state or federal government. There are probably other examples. First example, even though the cost of footing drain disconnects are included in the project cost estimate, I have been told that homeowners in the areas targeted for the, these disconnects will need to foot the bill for their disconnects with perhaps an option to pay over some number of years. Should residents choose not to make the disconnects, I have been told there will be penalties. Will all homeowners with footing drains connected to the sanitary sewer be penalized or just those in the pilot areas? Shouldn't residents understand and support these plans prior to procuring approval from the state and procuring government grants? Second example, the footing drain disconnect program estimates are based on the discharges of new sump pumps being directly connected to a storm sewer except for a very few homes that are near, near a creek. Will homeowners have the option to discharge indirectly to a storm sewer via a surface discharge that ultimately flows uh, to a street curb catch basin? This is already the case for some homes now. It makes sense for most homes, which only need to pump water during very rare events. It appears this would save over $12,000 per home and as much as over 3 million in total. This option would also have the significant advantage of eliminating the hassle of tearing out and replacing pavement and landscaping, which would probably encourage more homeowners to want to participate. Shouldn't residents that will have to tear up their basement and yards understand and support this plan prior to locking it in with the state and federal government. Third example, with pumped footing drains in the event of a power outage during a heavy rain event, power backup that will last for the duration of the outage may be needed to assure protection from being flooded. Shouldn't residents that will have to pay for and install provisions for the disconnects understand this prior to locking the plan in with the state or federal government. 
while you may get the idea and it may sound like I'm not in favor of the sewer improvement plan, actually I am and do support it. I just believe that there needs to be public education, dialogue and support prior to it being locked in with the state or federal government. Thank you very much for the opportunity to provide input. Thank you very much, Mr. Musty. Um, Mr. Kay, do you want to respond to that right now, or do you want to you want to respond to that? All right, I can respond in brief. I, I know this is a part of, I think, what we're going to talk about a little bit under new business as well. But um, the comments that Mr. Musty made, they're they're all very valid and, and on point. Um, I, I think what he's talking about and referring to is the. Uh, the draft project plan that we will be considering at our next council meeting, which is a, a step that is necessary to ensure that we keep our foot in the door for the state revolving fund loans. And that is something that we are trying to protect an option of um, when we consider that uh, in two weeks time at council. It doesn't lock us into anything with the state. Um, and, and so th it's a procedural step, if you will, either we're moving forward or we're not uh, that we'll be taking up in two weeks. The other side of it is the footing drain disconnect program. Um, he alluded to having heard certain things. Uh, I'm not quite sure where he's heard those because we have not yet developed our footing drain disconnect program. What we've indicated is that we will be proceeding with a footing drain disconnect program and we will be looking at options and there certainly will be as part of that opportunities for looking at a, a number of alternatives, number one, but also for public comment and input um, as part of that before we ultimately adopt a plan to move forward with. So. Um, his points are all very well taken, very much on point, and certainly will be provided for as we move forward. Great. Thank you. Brad, much. can I ask you just to maybe clarify one point? Because one of the things built into Mr. Musty's question was uh, the uh, the concept of being locked into the state. So I guess maybe if you could clarify that, if you, if you can clarify that, is the submission that we're going to talk about on the 24th, because it does talk about going to the state, does that actually lock us into in terms of what we can do or don't do as far as the actual uh, improvements? Well, again, it's, it's a draft plan that we will be considering on the 24th and it is submitted as a draft plan. It doesn't lock us into any one or more of those elements. Um, but what it does is it basically says, this is the scope of the work and the type of the work that we are considering and looking at. When we're speaking specifically to the footing drain disconnect program, um, the intricacies of it, in other words, exactly how it works and whether there are a, ver a variety of options available to individual properties or perhaps neighborhoods is something that we can still develop uh, within the context of that plan. So the, the plan itself essentially says, yes, we're, we're pursuing footing drain disconnect programs. Um, the details uh, we can still work out as we move forward, and that's our intention to do so. I guess just to emphasize the other point he made about really having a dialogue and hopefully when we talk about this at the next meeting, we'll talk about what opportunities or that'll be built into the presentation. Uh, there will be for dialogue with the public. Yeah, actually, no. Um, the meeting on the 24th really is, are we going to move forward with the draft plan or are we not? It's kind of a, a thumbs up or a thumbs down to moving forward and protecting our option in front of the state relative to the state revolving fund. Um, the specifics and the details of the plans uh, will come at a later time. We won't be talking about those on the 24th. Really, if you want to put it in a big picture summary, what we've done, done in that draft project plan is we've encapsulated all the decisions that you of council have been considering and making since December. Um, so the approximately $49.5 million worth of work that you said we would like to do, um, that is rolled into all of that plan, and that's what we're putting in front of the state 
again, details of implementation details would come at a later time, but but they won't be there for the 24th. Can I so, just say for one piece of clarification? So this is about funding, low rate funding. It isn't about, and that's really all that is. Am I correct on that or close? At a very high level, that, that's accurate. Um, essentially, what we're doing is we're telling the state through that draft plan that this is the type of work that we are going to do and we're moving forward with. Here's our draft plan. And can we kind of keep our point or a cue in the line, if you will, uh, towards being eligible for state revolving fund loans, which are essentially low interest loans. Um, it's woven in with all of the other discussions we have to have about how do we pay back those loans if we do in fact take them. That's the bonding question that uh, Councilman uh, Brown Willem asked earlier. When are we going to do that? When can we take those to a public vote? It's all woven together as part of that. The SRF plan, the project plan, if you will, um, we have a deadline though of June the 1st for that, that that has to be adopted and in place as a draft plan to get to the state uh, by June 1st, which is why uh, our next meeting is when we'll be taking that up uh, based upon the decisions you've already given us as staff. And then Brad, I just wanted to confirm that draft plan hasn't been distributed. I'm just kind of curious because of the questions we're receiving and we haven't seen it yet. No, that that plan is out there. Um, and oh. it's available. It was made available about I think it was two meetings ago because there, there was a, a minimum thirty day public comment period in it. So okay, so available. that was the one. Okay, yeah, gotcha. it's, it's a pretty thick one. Uh, yep. prepared by Warren Brzezink, who's the one who did our document for us, and it is available on the city website. Okay, that wants to look at the specifics of it. Yeah, I, I did. Know an East City there. Hall uh, opportunity for comment as well. I think it's still open actually. I believe so. And it will be because again, we're in that 30 day public comment right now. Okay. Okay. Are there any other public comments at this time? Madam Mayor, I see no more hands. Okay, very good. Well, that takes us now down to new business. So um, on under new business listed is um, you know, um, we have some boards that uh, that have openings, and so I would just like to like mention which boards we have some openings on that um, are the MBS Airport Commission. Now, with this with this board, with this particular board, um, we have always had a position of a corporate representative on that board, and um, we do have someone who has been brought forward. Um, to fill that position um, as a corporate representative. And I'm not sure, um, do we, can we appoint that person without um, going through, you know, a particular interviewing process? Mr. Katie, do you want to comment so, on that? No, I was just going to say, I think the question um, really that we would ask of council tonight is, do you feel an interview is necessary okay. or are you prepared to move forward simply with us placing it on the next agenda for appointment? Um, the, the individual that's applied, I think, has been made known to all five of you. We don't typically put those names out publicly until there's an appointment made. Um, but that, again, is council's decision as to whether or not they feel an interview is necessary before making that application or that appointment. Don't we have to offer it up to the public in any event? No, nope. uh, th this is an appointment of council. Um, so it's council's discretion as to how and who you appoint. And so uh, the decision really is do number one, do we 
interview um, or do we simply appoint or the other option you always have of course is to advertise it and see if there are other applicants um, that would come forward as well but this is the, the corporate role that has to be that we look to fill somebody from a corporate setting um officially it doesn't need to be uh, but the city has always appointed and sort of used a an in, or a commercial if you will user of the airport for our third appointment um, mm -hmm. we have where there's three entities of course with uh saginaw bay city and, and and midland having three appointments each on this particular board um two of them are taken up um sort of by appointment one is myself as the city manager one is a representative council which is councilman arnoski and then the third is really a citizen at large but our choice in the past has been to have a corporate user of the airport appointed. Um, we're the only one, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Councilman Arnoski, but we're the only one of the three that appoints a, a corporate representative. The others have just done citizen at large uh, appointees. That's correct. So it, it's a choice. You, you don't have yeah. guidelines per se, uh, but that has been our past practice. Right. But we haven't, have we interviewed them in the past? Uh, yeah, we, we did actually. We did the last. The last, uh, okay. the, the last appointment we interviewed. Oh, okay. Mayor and I were talking about that earlier and I couldn't recall, so thank yeah, you. Yeah, I, I, was, I was involved in the interviewing, so that's why I remember. <laughs> okay. I mean, the choice came out the same. We, 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 we ended up choosing a, a corporate representative because of their uh, obvious connections with, you know, the airlines and the rental agencies and the other, you know, the, the influence that, that they have is from a purchasing perspective is, we thought, you know, valuable. But we did open it up to uh, for interviews. That's why I asked. Yeah, I would think it's important that we go ahead and keep that a corporate person because I think their input would be vital to the board. I would agree. So the question would be: do We want to a do we want to interview and b do we want to open it up for others, other people? You know, I think we've stated there's a preference. There's a clear preference for for who we want to fill that role. Um, so it would be probably, I mean, candidly, be an uphill battle for other people to to persuade us that some other choices is there. But nonetheless, um, I think as a practice, we should probably offer it out there if somebody else is interested. Yeah, I think we can. I don't want to waste people's time, especially if that's our preference and if the other communities do not have a corporate representative. I mean, I do think for you know, as a regional airport, you know, for, for us, that, that is important. But so I guess we can say we can, op we can open it up and we can let people apply. But I think we want to make sure they realize that that's a, kind of a priority for us. And we can certainly include that in the notice that we, we do have a preference for corporate users of the airport um, for appointment and see if we do obtain any others. Very good. All right, so we have, so let me tell you where uh, other places we have openings. We have openings on the Zoning Board of Appeals, cab, the Cable Access Advisory Commission. We have an opening, we have an opening on Parks and Recreation, and we have um, opening on the Local um, Officers Compensation Commission. We actually have two openings on that. So let me just say that in the past, I've kind of thrown it out there and said, hey, um, who wants to, to work on these? Um, and that has seemed to work very well, except for the past. I've had, there's been a concern expressed that we need to shake it up a little bit on which board members or which council members interview for which boards. Um, so are you okay with me? You know, do you want to express an interest of, or you're interested in applying for or doing the interviews for any of these boards? 
No, well, no. I guess when you say a shakeup, what is the problem we're trying to solve? And is there a problem? Well, well, let me speak to that, I guess. So what I would say is that it should probably be a rotating basis in terms of who's who from council does the interviewing for the uh, for the various boards. So you don't have the same people all the time choosing the same uh, focusing on the same boards. We've got five different council members here. Um, and, uh, you know, we all probably had to have have different perspectives on, on who gets appointed to the to the boards and the commissions. And I think that ought to be reflected. I don't have a problem with rotating, um, but some of the concerns that I'm going to bring up is when we're interviewing candidates and they specify that they're applying to support a specific council person and they have an agenda which doesn't align to the board or commission they're applying for, it comes across as if we have potentially council members trying to influence things behind the scenes that the rest of us are unaware of. So I think, again, fully support alternating, doing whatever needs to be done. But I think as a council, we need to make sure that we're not trying to influence anything behind the scenes because that's how it comes across. So uh, here's what I can say. I, you know, kind of asked the question. So I can do a better job of keeping track of who's applied or who's done it in the past and put that out there to all of you um, the next time we go through this process. But so let me just say that right now, I don't remember who did Zoning Board of Appeals the last time we did Zoning Board of Appeals, um, but I will, moving forward, I can keep better track of that for, for the purpose of assigning council members to do that. So if you're, if you're okay with that. And I'll tell yeah, you that I, I I was on the, uh, I interviewed for zoning, I was an interviewer for Zoning Board of Appeals the last time. Okay, so is there anybody else on council? Diane, Marty, Pam, who would like to do um, Zoning Board of Appeals and we need two people. Sure, I'll do it. Okay, and I'll do it. Oh, were you gonna raise your hand there, Pam? Okay, yeah. Pam. Uh <laughs> <laughs> sure, I'll, I'll, I'll do it with, with Diane. Well, can, before you say that, can I ask you what, we have a, another board that has an opening and the, is the Cable Access Advisory Commission. And you have done some stuff with cable. Would you prefer to do that or Zoning Board of Appeals? Does it matter to you? It, uh, no, it doesn't matter, so. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll put you then on Zoning Board of Appeals. Okay. Okay. So um, Cable Access Advisory Commission, who would like to interview for that? I can. Okay, Marty. Okay, I'll do that too. Okay, Parks and Recreation. Who interviewed for last the last time in Parks and Recreation? Anybody remember? Okay, we don't remember. If we don't remember, it's fine. Yeah. Who would like to interview? We have one position. I'll do that. You can jump in on that if you want. Okay, Steve and Murray. And then we have local compensation. And Pam, how would you will you do local compensation? And I'll do sure. and I'll sure. do that with you. 
And I'm saying that because we also had the Planning Commission and Marty and Diane have already agreed to do that. So that gets each of us kind of on two interviewing committees. Does that include the, the additional two that are up for re-interviewing? So that would be three spots? For which, what, for, for what? Planning Commission. Planning Commission. The yeah. planning commission, yes. Madam Mayor, the planning commission is a little different because, as you recall, the uh, at the last meeting where the reappointments came up, the slate uh, of candidates for the entire planning commission was pulled off, and so there are some more positions. I had forgotten that, so um, Councilman Anaski just reminded me of that with this question. So there are more than one position there. Okay. So they'll be interviewing that all of the all of that for that all of them. Mm -hmm. Well, so who so who had zoning? Again, who I'm sorry. Is, I, Pam and I. Okay. Pam and you or the mayor and you? Didn't you say you were doing zoning? No. I thought it was. I, I have Pam Councilman Pam. Brown, Wilhelm, and okay. uh, Councilman okay. Hall. Yep. Okay, fine. Okay. And Steve is with Marty on Parks and Recreation. Yes. Okay. And, and Marty and I are cable advisory and Pam and I are local compensation. And, and Madam Mayor, you, you, since we're going to advertise for the airport commission, we will need um, a couple of you appointed to that as well. It won't be as quick because we'll have to start the advertising now, but uh, but we'll need that eventually as well. So would that be a conflict if Steve would interview for that? Well, it's a little different, but I don't know if it's a true conflict, but why would it be a conflict? Yeah, it'd be, yeah, that's for the airport board is for. Oh, I see what you're saying. The yeah, because he sits on the board. Yeah, but I think that I mean, he's in the know, so and he's our representative on that. So I I wouldn't have an issue with that. Okay. Wait, I'm looking. Marty, you want to interview with Steve for that? Sure. Okay. <laughs> Okay, now each of these boards are three-year terms, except for the local compensation board, which Pam and I are interviewing for, and that is a seven-year term. So they only meet once every two years. Right. So I know it sounds bad, but it's really quite a good board to be on. Um, and, oh, and, oh, let me just say, there are some criteria around the local officers' compensation commission. And that is you have to be available between August and November. And Erica, am I missing anything else on that? No, I think that's good. It's just there's statutory deadlines and being available during that time means we can meet those uh, deadlines for approving your final okay. salary changes if there are any. Okay. All right, very good, thank you. Can I, can I raise something else here? <clears throat> and this is something I probably should have brought up last time, but I, I uh, had forgotten it, frankly. <clears throat> and if you remember several months ago, I had raised some questions regarding appointments to the Downtown Development Authority. And um, <clears throat> looking at that, I, I believe we are not in compliance. We, we, we're just, we, uh, we basically reauthorized the city manager to appoint some individuals. Um, but I think we need to probably pull that back for the moment because we need to look at who's on that uh, DDA in light of the requirements in the ordinance for that for that particular authority. Where are we out of compliance? Well, in uh, you know, basically, it's 
chapter 30 of the Code of Ordinances. And if you go to section 30.6, it says not less than the majority of the members shall be persons having an interest in property located in the downtown district. I don't believe we have a majority of the people with these appointments that live, that have a interest in property in the downtown district. Now, I could be wrong on that, and I think we ought to probably have that checked. Um, and you can, you can check me on the ordinance itself, but I don't believe we want to be violating an ordinance and appointing people to this uh, if, we, if we're not in compliance. So we ought to pull those folks back. It's not effective yet anyway, because the existing members, I think, are through the end of June or the beginning of June. I forget which. End of June. End of June. Yeah. So we have time yet to look at it, but we certainly ought not to be doing something that uh, violates our own ordinance. So, Madam Chair, it's, I'm, I'm trying to recall because I think we had this discussion last year and, and we went through this um, same review and determined that we were in compliance at that time. And I don't believe we've changed the composition in any way. Um, but we can certainly look at it if that's council's direction. Um, as far as pulling it back, um, your appointment has already been made, so it would actually require a motion to rescind um, and all of the standards that go with changing a motion. So. Well, I'd argue that if we're doing something in violation of the ordinance, it's void at an issue as to as they say. But if we haven't changed anything, I, I guess you we... need to be more specific. With... Well, I Give think the ordinance data. is quite clear, Diane. I think. In, oh, in, I know yeah. how to read an ordinance. You're saying somebody's out of compliance, which means somebody's not part of the um, downtown business. Which one? Well, That's where I think city st the staff can go ahead and look at the qualifications of each of the members, right? So can, so yeah, can I, think, staff... I think Councilman Arnoski is speaking to the overall composition uh, yes. committee. And, and so it's not an, a question of an, any one individual as much as it is composition. And, right. and as I said, if council wishes us to look at that, we can do so. Well, have we already told them that they've been being reappointed? Have we already done gone done that? I mean, the question, I mean, I get the point that if we're in violation of the ordinance, that maybe we just need to, to say, you know, how they meet the requirements. I mean, I guess if it said interest in property, what does that mean? Does that mean owning property? That mean, does it mean working down there? Does that mean living down there? Or could, can that mean, you know, multiple different things? Appointed as a representative for an organization that works down there? I mean, because we've looked at all of those things in the past, I think, as yeah. an interest. Well, I, I don't think we, we had a discussion when this was brought up several months ago, but I don't think, I think there was, you know, frankly, I agreed to drop it because at the time I just assumed we would deal with it as people came off the board rather than <clears throat> try and pull people off in the middle of their term. For the people that have been, and we, we authorized the city manager to, manager to appoint, that was our role as city council, but that's not effective until, it's not yet effective until July 1st or June 30th, whichever way you look at it. So all I'm asking is that we comply with the ordinance. And if that means the people we've, we've authorized the city manager to reappoint, throw the thing into imbalance, then we just have to adjust as, as, as we need to. If it's, if it's already meeting the requirements, well, then so be it. But, uh, you know, I didn't do any background searches on the members. I'm not attacking any one particular member. I'm just saying we need to comply with the ordinance. And that might mean we have to do more interviewing or open it up. Well, well I guess, ahead, I guess, yeah, I guess what I'm kind of seeing from the background here is we made the decision on the one, let's continue with that. 
let's have staff with, uh, I'd like an opinion probably from the city attorney on that along, you know, with those two things, let's check it out. And can you have that by the next meeting? Yeah, we can certainly do that. Um, and then, you know, let's make a decision after that. And then, uh, if we need to resend the appointment next meeting, we'll do it then. Yeah. I think it's a way to approach it, Marty. Does that sound reasonable? Madam Mayor? Well, I mean, I get, you know, I think we want to be in, we want to be in compliance. And I think that, I think that that's important. Um, and I think that, you know, we've, I think we can take a, I think we can take a look at that. Yeah, I'm going to go back and rewatch and just see our discussion too, but it'd be good. Um, Mr. K, if in the future we can do this ahead of time so we don't have to be in the position of having to backtrack again and um, revisit this another year. Right. I mean, if they were already in place, I would say, listen, they're already in place. We're going to take a look. But as as this, I, I guess I need to understand, too, what does having interest mean? You know, what does an interest mean? So if we can define... I mean, if that's defined or not defined or whatever, I would yeah. it'd be good to know that so we can say this meets that criteria because those are the really the DDA and probably the um, the center city authority would have those same requirements, Mr. K. They're individuals, um, so I think Councilman Arnoski specifically referenced in the Downtown Development Authority, but there are some boards and commissions that have whether it be residency requirements or certain representation requirements, uh, the DDA is more specific on that, this particular point, at least, I believe, than any of the other ones. The CCA is probably the next closest one, though. But we didn't, we're not any of these other ones that we're looking at other than, than being residents of the city of Midland. We don't have any constraints on, do we? Um, none that I'm aware of, but but again, we'll, we'll take a look at those. That'll be part of what we look at when you have candidates in front of you and that you're interviewing, that if there is a very specific standard or a requirement or a role that they must represent, um, then that is part of what we do when we're recruiting people, asking for people to come to or applying to various boards and commissions, and certainly the information that we put in front of you when you're doing the interviews and or appointments that would follow. Okay. So, Yeah, I think the mayor brought up a good point that we should probably check the ordinance for the center city because I don't know how much of that was a copy of the DDA to see if that same okay. issue is there. Okay, so are we all, we're going to, Mr. Branson's gonna take a look at that and we're gonna come back and know where we are at our next meeting. Yep, we can, I mean, sorry, city attorney Branson and I will work with that uh, and bring that back to you at the next meeting. Okay, that sounds great, thank you. Okay, so then that takes us to, oh, so any questions about who's doing what? All right, anyone saying anything? So we will um, ask Rachel, Mr. K to work with us to arrange for times for interviews. Yes, yeah, once uh, some of them are, we're in an advertisement period right now for I think at least three of those boards and commissions. So it'll be a little while. Uh, the planning commission, obviously we advertised earlier because we had a specific opening that uh, was earlier than the end of year. And so those interviews are already being scheduled. Um, and then the rest of them, as we have applicants, we will work with uh, all of your schedules to make sure they work. Okay, so for accuracy purposes on this, can I just ask that there be um, a part of the protocol of when we, we keep track of who's serving on who actually stating who did the interviews? 
Yeah, I've got that written down that we'll, uh, we'll start a recording of that so that we know and that we can provide that each year as this comes up. Okay, very good. And then we should be shaking it up as things go along. Okay. Yep. That takes us now down to item number 12, which has to do with board term limits. And Mr. K, we asked you to take a look at that. So yep. I can certainly speak to that. Thank you. And I hope I'm not blinding you because I'm getting blinded from my own monitor by the sun <laughs> behind me. So hopefully you can see me. But um, in any event, I kind of wondered because I, I can't even see you on the screen. It's so bright right at the moment. But um, in any event, a couple of meetings back, uh, the question was raised about looking into term limits to see whether that was um, the norm in terms of other municipalities and other cities and villages around the, the state. And so we were asked to go take a look at five or six and kind of sample them to see what uh, other areas were doing. Uh, we actually ended up looking uh, at 36 of them. Uh, Combination Erica helped me out uh, as far as the listserv of the uh, city clerks or the, the municipal clerks across the state. And I used the city's city manager's listserv as well. And um, we, we ended up contacting 36 of them that ultimately indicated whether or not they had term limits. What we found of the 36 was that 31 of them had no term limits of any form. Um, one had a, a term limit on the DDA appointments. One had a term limit on the planning commission appointments. Um, one, actually our neighbors in Saginaw had term limits on what is a, an advisory uh, police and citizen uh, review committee. And then two had term limits on all of their boards and commissions. So uh, the numbers overall, two had, had term limits across the board. Three had term limits on one board of, of all of their boards and commissions and 31 out of the 36 had none. So um, that was what we were asked, I believe, to bring back to you. So that's the information that we did find. So we did go a little further than the five or six, but, uh, and, and just to, to give you an idea, we did go uh, look specifically at cities and villages. We didn't get into townships because that would skew very heavily to having no term limits, certainly in the townships. But we went as, as high as the largest city up to Detroit, who has no term limits, um, through areas like Battle Creek, which has none, uh, Bay City, Mount Pleasant have none as well. And then down to smaller uh, areas like the village of Milford, uh, the village of Lake Isabella, and, and a number of others. So we did get a pretty good cross section uh, from the sample that Erica and I were able to collect. Okay, so my question is this then, you know, what are we trying to accomplish? So I did go out and do a little research myself, you know, and I called some people I know and asked them if they have term limits and they kind of laughed to be actually, to be honest, they go, Maureen, we have a hard time finding good candidates. If you get a good candidate, you want, you know, you want to keep them for a while. And, and so, you know, I'm not sure what we want to accomplish with the term limits. You know, I also think about the fact, you know what, we spend time training them, sending them to conferences and, you know, to build those skills. So why would we push for a term limit? I guess, what is the issue we're trying to solve here? I, I Can we like do this as a conversation? Maybe when <laughs> I think about it, I mean, I think sometimes, well, you know, sometimes we might have someone who maybe not showing up or whatever. And I think typically if there's a problem, we try to address the staff, you know, tries to address the problem and ask, you know, you know, are you, we haven't been showing up, are you still interested? Um, I mean, if it's a, just about, you know, I think it's, for me, it's about, let's try and find the best folks we can mm -hmm. to run these commissions. 
Agree. I mean, if there are issues, yeah, those do need to be revisited. Now, okay, so when the boards that I just said, most of them were three-year terms. So I run a little organization that has a board and they have three-year terms. After nine years, we rotate them off. We let them come back after they're off a year if they still want to come back on. But, you know, I think some of them meet frequently, not all of them meet that frequently. Some of them have hard time finding, you know, members to, to be on and to say, well, you have to go off because we've got a term limit and then they can't find anyone. I think it's important. I mean, I raised this because I think it's important that you mix it up from time to time just to allow fresh perspective. Um, I think allowing more different, you know, different people, diversity, if you want to use that term of, of from the community to, to, to participate. Um, certainly, you know, we, and, and as far as training, I'm not sure how many of the, the board and board or commission members actually do training. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I mean, look at even, even ourselves, right? We're up for election every two years, despite the, the time and effort that goes into educating ourselves and becoming, you know, better council people. So, you know, the training and the, and the knowledge, nonetheless, you still need to at least have a look and see if there's any better candidates or, uh, you know, who, who might want to or add a different perspective. So, you know what I would what I would like to suggest is not not necessarily an immediate. I mean, we're kind of routinely reappointing people. I think we even admit as much that if somebody wants to stay on it, we we just routinely reappoint them. Um, but frankly, probably a couple terms. If that's six years. That's you know, uh, that's probably plenty of time. At least require the the position be they reinterview again for the position after after two terms. Um, and if there's nobody else to answer your to address your point, Maureen. Um, and if nobody else applies, well, then, you know, congratulations, you're, you're reappointed. But so but does that give the, just does it are you just saying, Steve, though, after two terms, you do, you go through an interview process or if well, and you can be reappointed after that? Well, ideally, I would like to have, you know, I know, or sort of force the issue, right. But at a minimum, I think that's what we ought to have. So after six, after two, two terms, terms. You're interviewed and you can be chosen again or not chosen again. Yeah, I think so. But then what are we going to do different to attract others? Because we do have populations in our community that are not represented on any of our boards or commissions. Well, you want I mean, to talk that's... about diversity. I mean, yeah. and, and we do. Well, I think we need to be thoughtful about that. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. But I think you still have to open it up to people who are interested, right? And if you open it up, then you might get people who are interested. Um, so anyway, that's I just think, you know, look, we have we have term limits on on our state representatives and in our and on our governors and in our, you know, in our president. You know, you know, there's and certainly it's it, there's a reason for it. Um, and you know, there's people here on that's that served longer than any of our us as councilmen on, on some of these committees. Or on some of these boards, so uh, you know. now, Steve, I can argue that one with you a little bit, but we won't argue right now. But <laughs> I know because anyway. there, yeah, we have one. But I just want to say, so we have one. So we do have multiple candidates for planning commission, Mr. K. Correct? Like, yeah, we do. Yeah, okay, and zoning board of appeals, we have one 
one person applied? Do you know? Do you know? Am I asking you questions that you don't know the answers to? I don't know the number of applicants okay. we have for the majority of these commissions at this point. Well, you know, I mean, one of the things certainly we try to do Citizens Academy, you know, I'll be honest with you. I always think someone who's gone through Citizens Academy has made a commitment already to learn about their community. Um, and I think, if, and they often at the end of the class want to know about how they can get involved. So hopefully, you know, we are, you know, getting some folks you know, from going through that process, um, expressing an interest. Um, I mean, I would be okay with it, you know, after two term, which is, well, if you're on the local compensation board, that's 14 years. <laughs> but, that ought to be a, be a hard stop on that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, after, uh, you know, that would be six years and you just, if, it, if we say, hey, you just have to interview again. And then, because, you know, in six years, Everyone could be gone from no council at that point in time, and it would be, you know, everything could be, you know, would be different. So if we just say after six years, the process is, is you re-interview. Yes. And you can still be chosen or? Yeah, I feel comfortable. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We have to vote on that. Well, <laughs> I'm actually struggling in my mind on how you would implement that because it's to put that in an ordinance. We don't put the voting process. We don't put the interview process at all into the ordinances. We simply set terms of, of in those ordinances. So setting a term that says you'll have two terms and then have to interview, but you might get another term is not really the language you would typically put into the ordinance itself. It's more a policy of your you, the five of you acting as council. Um, keeping in mind that six years from now, um, there could be a different five of you um, in front and they may disagree with that. So um, I'm struggling and, and I know uh, Mr. Branson's on the line as to how we would implement that, but I, I'm struggling as to how you would do other than as an informal policy, set that type of a, an approach. Yeah, I think the ordinance basically says, you know, what the terms are and everything like that. So I don't have an issue with that. I think if we just basically, it would be a council policy that when because he brings all the names to us to say do we want to go ahead and reappoint and that can be part of the well procedure that you know hey this person's been on a couple of times so we want to go ahead and interview those yeah i think we know when the person started right so we would know if they that was their second term yeah so i wouldn't look for an ordinance uh, yeah, change for say, that. yeah i don't think we need an interview. ordinance that no. we check your interviewing skills. <laughs> yeah, all, all I'm trying to do is, is make it clear that tomorrow or next election or the election after that, this could change because it would be the policy of council as it stands at that point. Okay. And so while the five of you are here, this will work great. But if we get a council member or two or three that change and they decide to change that policy, they could do so. Yep. Which should we, be right, quite frankly, because it is your appointments to all of these boards and commissions. I, I, we, we can have that discussion when the next set of boards come up and everything like that, if we have a change in council. So, I, yeah, I don't have an issue with that. I mean, so you support after two terms, they roll off and uh, basically they roll off that they just they have to be interviewed again and they, they'd be part of the mix. So how many people per year, Brad, if we look at when um, terms expire, everybody doesn't, their term doesn't end at the same time. So what are we going to do, interview like 
15, 20 people every year? Well, the, the majority of our terms actually do all end on a June 30th date. Um, not every board and commission is that way, but the majority of them are. So we have, I think our number is somewhere around 120-ish um, citizen appointees to all of these various boards and commissions. And theoretically, if they're all staggered right, uh, which they should be, about one-third every year, and again, I'm being a little rough with the numbers, but about one-third of those every year would come up for appointment. Now, they, those that are in their first term, by virtue of what you're talking about, wouldn't have to go through an interview, but a portion, anybody that's been on there longer than one term would. So you could be looking at anywhere from uh, 20 to 30, probably on average, people that mm -hmm. you would have to interview every year. So is everybody willing to commit to do that? Sure. Oh. Yeah. And, and like I said, we'll, we'll probably have the discussion every single time right. that we have the board, you know, we say, you know, who's who, who wants to uh, continue, who doesn't. But like, you know, I even see some boards like the sewer committee or it was a sewer appeals board, <laughs> which I don't think has met in the past five, 10 years or something like that. So, you know, if some people are willing to continue on i don't have an issue with that but <laughs> i think there's some boards that are very i mean i think the boards that we're looking at right now are boards that we see turnover on yeah i mean and, and it's because you know they they meet regularly the other boards i don't don't meet that often so i don't know you say oh well you haven't met in three years but we're gonna make you go through this again i don't think that's effective especially if they're willing to you know stay on the board I mean, there was another one besides the sewer. Well, which one was it, Mr. K? There's the building. There's a building. There's one. some yeah, building code appeals, the fire uh, appeals. There are a number that meet the historic district is another that meets so rarely that uh, sometimes they can go through an entire term and never meet. I mean, it, it's it's our it's our process. Yeah. It's our process. So. If someone goes off and we look at the, you know, the board, then look, you know. So, so I guess to the five of you, I would ask, so say, say it's next year, we're at this point, we're coming forward with the people that are about to roll off or that at least their terms would expire, who've been on for two or more terms. Um, how do you envision us bringing this forward? Or is that just an automatic, those people go to an interview process? And we advertise at the same time. Yeah, they go to an interview process going forward. Okay. Not somebody who's just served one term, but obviously anybody who's served more than one. Yeah, if, and hey, I think that says a lot about them if they're interested in doing it again. I mean, to me, that's, you know. And it sends a message to the, to the community that these things do open up. Yeah, they open up and... You know, and there's people who are on them and are interested and, and still want to continue being on them, too. So I think it, it sends two good messages, you know, that we're trying to be thoughtful about how we do it. I think. Cool. Okay. June's the beginning date. June 1st is, did you say June 30th? Terms end June 30th and they begin on July 1st. Okay. So how many will we have to interview this year? 
Well, that that was, uh, thank you for leading into that because that was my next question. Um, <laughs> you have reappointed already by resolution of council, most of them okay. um, that had indicated an expression. So are you going to revisit that um, or is this something that would start next year? I would think Let's, next year since we kind of made the, uh, we've passed that already. That's just my thinking. So we're making, we're making, making the planning commission with, with the silence or what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I think it's it's a going forward issue. Yeah. Um, you know, notwithstanding the, the planning commissions got pulled off, but uh, and the DDA is is up in the air. So the DDA might have that app, that process apply to them anyway, depending on how we stand. Okay, wait. Uh, uh, mm. Okay. Next, next time they're going to come back with whether what the composition of the DDA is and whether we're in compliance with the ordinance or not. And depending on what that answer is, well, you know, we may have people that meet the requirements, and there may be people that don't meet the requirements of the ones we've quote authorized Brad to re reappoint. So, um, the ones who meet the requirements, I guess we'd have to question whether those should be interviewing anyway as well. Yeah, okay. let's have that discussion when we find okay. out. Because I, I do see Center City and the DDA being a little bit different than at large, you know, applicants because they represent a very, you know, specific area of the community and that you know, I think that, you know, downtown, if it's having interest in, interest in property, and what that means, I mean, I. Well, we have, uh, we just heard earlier that there's a hundred retail businesses in but downtown. That, yeah, but you so know So that's a hundred people to choose. We have to just get seven. Yeah, but they don't necessarily, not one, not necessarily all of those downtown business owners want to be, you know, they want to be their business owner. They don't want to be on the DDA board. So I'm so not so sure I want to put a limit on that. DDA or Center City. So, so, Madam Mayor, I think the question that was earlier, though, was are we in compliance with the ordinances adopted, which sets the composition right. of those two yeah. boards? And so the direction that I took and wrote down was for both of those boards, both the DDA and the Center City Authority, that we would look at those to ensure that we're in compliance. And we'll report back to you at the next meeting. And, and Mr. Branson and I will do that for you. And if you're OK with it, we'll just do it, bring it up under new businesses. Uh, if, if we feel there's an issue, we'll obviously write a report. But otherwise, we'll just update you under new business. Um, and if there is an issue, then we will discover and discuss about a process forward to correct that issue. Okay. But the rest of the commissions and boards, what I'm hearing is leave the appointments as is this year. When we get to this point again next year for reappointments, we'll implement the direction that you're giving us this evening. Okay. Yes. Agreed. Okay. I think I'm, at least I'm clear on that. <laughs> I hope I got what you all said. My <laughs> issue, though, is the DDA, and I don't know their terms. And to say that they're done after two terms, I, I mean, I think they have definite leadership in certain in those areas that have been leading some of those because they're great leaders and and it's a limited pool on which you can pull from mm -hmm. you know to do those areas so i'm saying as it relates to that those are those are appointments made by the city manager anyway so maybe we should look at those differently as far as term limits 
Yeah, you, you still confirm those just for yeah. the record. It's my recommendation to you. So you confirm all of those. And there's nothing to say based on the discussion I've heard from any of you this evening that you couldn't say the people we have in place are the right ones, even if they've been in place for five terms. Mm -hmm. You could continue to say it's the right person. We'll, we'll continue to reappoint. It's just as I hear it, you're saying we want more discussion about talking to other people to see should we bring in new perspectives and ideas uh, and give you as the council the ability to do that if you so choose. Now with the DDA, I have to play a part just because I recommend it. So it's a little more complicated, but um, but I'll follow obviously the direction that you as council give me. You know, in theory, all of this sounds good and everything, but it, it I don't know, it just feels like there's a hidden agenda here somewhere. But well, I think we should have... try it and move and we'll move forward and we'll we'll keep evaluating as time goes on. How's that? All right. So we'll okay. we'll be back with you next next meeting then on those two boards at least. Okay. So um, does any council member have any other new business? I have a I have a little list here. Someone <laughs> but I don't Okay, Mr. So I'm just going to go. And if someone says, does I mean, does anybody else have any new business? Okay, Mr. K, um, can we go back and talk about you know the um, the vote next week that we're what we're really voting on as it relates to the sewers and in the overall because it's there's a few different things I think going on here, and I want to make sure that we all understand that and that the public understands that also. Right. And I appreciate the opportunity. And you and I obviously talked about this this afternoon, that there's some confusion in the, the general public and, and maybe even amongst ourselves a little bit as to what the vote or what the project plan that's in front of you on the 24th does or does not do. Um, there's also discussion, of course, about how do we fund the improvements that we've been talking about, whether it be Concept 5 or the footing during disconnect programs or the expanded uh, INI removal, et cetera. And, and they all, I kind of mentioned, we got into this a little bit earlier in our discussion this evening, they all kind of weave together. But if we start with the project plan or the draft project plan more specifically that's coming up for public hearing on the 24th in two weeks time, that really is a compilation of the work that you as council have already said, yes, you want to move forward with. So concept five is included in that, the extra INI, the expanded area into priority area twos that we talked about, the additional $15 million of work um, is included in that document. The footing drain disconnect program, the fact that we're going to move forward with disconnects, not necessarily again, the intricate details of it, but the fact that we're looking at a disconnect drainage program, all of which are built into that program. The vote that you're going to take next week or two weeks from now, excuse me, on the 24th is, are we going to move forward with that plan or are we going to stop it right now and, and end that plan? Um, the importance of the vote is we need a decision by uh, June the 1st in order to keep our foot in the door towards the state revolving fund. And again, what that fund really is, it's a low interest loan to us. So if we decide that we're going to move forward with all of this work, if we decide that we can pay it back, then we can make the decision later as to whether or not we actually take a, a state revolving fund loan if we can get it. We're, we're still even the step that you'll take on the 24th doesn't guarantee it. It just keeps us in the process. Um, so that's what the 24th is, and that's when I think it was Councilman Arnosky asked, are we going to talk about the intricate details of the program? The answer is no, because that'll come later. This is just a 
again, a summary or a, a compilation of the work and the decisions you made back in January and February when you were telling us uh, on a two or over two or three different meetings what to move forward with. The other part that's out there really is the question of how do we pay for it? Um, you'll recall that we've talked a little bit before that Mr. Keenan and I are going to be talking and working together to try to say and bring back to you either one option if it's if there is only one or multiple options if we identify multiple options for funding of this work. Um, and that is something that will include amongst other options and very likely will probably be the way we go, which would have to be uh, a, a voted on publicly approved municipal bond. And that bond could very well be used to pay back the state revolving fund loan. Um, so, so that's why I say everything's integrated and it's, it's important that they understand that. That is a separate process entirely from what you're talking about on the 24th. We do know that we have to have by August the 10th, if we are going to make a November election, um, the, the approved ballot language that would go on a, a public vote. And so by August the 10th, we would have to say, will you, uh, Mr. Taxpayer, agree to pay X amount or, or bond for X amount of funds and pay X amount uh, on an average bill type question. Um, the earliest, and we've had this discussion before too, that that can be on a public vote would be in November. Um, but you will also recall that one of the things we've talked about is there is no money in the current budget for any elections over this next year because there are none scheduled. So November is not a regular meeting, a regular elections, excuse me. We don't have a spring election. We don't have, uh, our next one would not be until August, which of course is the second two budget years out, if you will. And so one of the points of discussion will be, do you want a November election uh, to run an election for the purposes of putting this ballot on the vote putting it in front of the public and getting a decision as to yes or no the public will support you um, that november election we talked about a little bit before erica mentioned is probably going to cost us in the ballpark of about sixty thousand dollars to run um, and that's because there's nothing else scheduled so it's on our cost in order to run that and and we're quite frankly we're spitballing a little bit on in terms of figuring out this cost because with all the new rules and regulations that erica and her team has to follow um it's a little bit unknown at this point in time so best guess is we're in that range so that's a whole lot a lot of words to really say the plan on the 24th is simply something to, to, to say this is what we've agreed to move forward with or we're hoping to move forward with no commitment comes with that other than it keeps us in the state process we very quickly over the summer are going to have to make some decisions. Do we go to a public vote and ask for the public to support uh, funds as well? That's coming uh, hopefully very soon in a report uh, from Mr. Keenan and I to say, these are your options to move forward. So those are the two big challenges we have in front of us. Again, the 24th, although it's a public hearing, there's a lot of comment opportunity that needs to be provided. It's really, do we move forward or do we drop it right today and, and stop and not move forward with that process? So that's where we are. And so I understand like Mr. Musty was making comments earlier as well that we need input on all these things. He's absolutely right, but that's a little bit different than what we're talking about on the 24th. So hope, hope that wasn't too muddy, but understand it's very woven together. You know, however this happens, you know, I understand that in August we wouldn't, we could be part of a, a bigger election, but that's more than a year away. And that concerns me. Uh -huh. um, that concerns me because I think part of it is the message we're telling to our community, to the people who have been impacted 
you know, that we're, we're asking them to wait. Um, I mean, if we have things ready, um, I mean, this is an important issue for our community, but I also wanna make sure we do it right because there's a lot of education that has to happen with this. And, and it is the community, I mean, I think it's part of the community, people who are impacted by this, part of their responsibility too, to help with this. Um, that we, you know, to help us, you know, get the word out, you know, any which way we can. I don't know, I'd like to know what. Anybody have thoughts on that? Yeah, I would agree that, you know, I don't want to wait till next year for the vote. I mean, if that's the way we decided and everything, I think we should be striving to at least shoot for the November election, if that's the way we're going to go about it, which, I mean, we are going to go about that that way. So I think what we, what you need to tell us what we need to do and everything to get that information out and make that decision. I mean, basically the 60,000 is the cost of getting this project done. It's just one of the, it's just an extra cost that we have to handle on it. Yes, and, and Maureen, I, I appreciate those comments because, you know, even though it's been, we're coming up on the one year anniversary of the uh, the dam breakage and the flooding associated with that, I mean, really this goes back to 2017. So people have been waiting since 2017. And uh, I think, you know, we've done a heck of a lot of studying. We've done a lot, we've got a lot of consultants. We've done, you know, a heck of a lot of groundwork. And I think we're in a position now where we can actually recommend some things that we believe will make a significant difference. and. Uh, it's just a matter of how do we pay for it, and I think let's not drag it out any more than than we uh, than we need to. Certainly, if we can get it done this year, I'm I'm 100% behind that. <laughs> you look like you're looking at me, but yes, I think we need to try to go ahead and get it on the ballot and. Um, educate the community. I just want to make sure that we are not rushing staff and they have the time they need to pull it together um, so that uh, we're able to uh, make sure everybody in the community really understands what they're voting for and the impact. I mean, I think that does across the community. Some additional educational costs also, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, some, because that's, you know, you wouldn't want me writing it. Let me put it that way. You know, so it is. Um, it is something that we need to make sure is done the right way, and we get and we need help getting the message out. And we need to say that we're going to have to spend some money to make that happen. So, so Madam Mayor, just so you're all aware, at the staff level, we are moving forward with the assumption at this point in time that you will all direct by August, at least that we place a matter on the public ballot. Um, and you have up until that point, essentially to put the brakes on us and tell us no, but we will continue to run at the staff level on that assumption. So you have that option before you. Okay. Great. Okay. Does anybody have anything else? I have a couple more things. I don't want to be monopolizing the conversation though. So I'm looking at you. Go for it. Okay. So yeah. here's my second, my second to the last thing. Um, <laughs> How do you feel about having a work session? You know, typically we get together in January and we have an opportunity and we don't have an opportunity throughout the year to do that. 
um, but getting together to, to just talk about you know, some of the things that we're seeing out there, not as a council meeting, but more as a work session, um, maybe sometime like from a four to seven in the, you know, late, in the late afternoon to evening time period, about three hours. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Are you interested in that or not? I, I, I can't see where it would hurt. <laughs> I think it's a good idea. I'd support it as well. Me too. Okay, so we'll look for a date coming up soon. Okay, and the last thing I want to just talk about is, um, you know, a friend of mine uh, and neighbor said, you know, sometimes you have to uh, talk about things that are really kind of tough and you have to call things out that are not right. And um, recently we had an incident in our community um, that I think was definitely not right. And uh, there was some, I think there was some vandalism and vandalism is always wrong. And there were some very offensive, hateful words that were written. And I think that, you know, we, we all believe in free speech. Free speech is important, but you know what? It comes with, you know, it has legal limits and it certainly has moral limits. And I was personally, as I'm sure many people, if not most people in our community were offended by what was done and it was wrong. It is not who we are nor is it who we want to be as a community. And so I know that our police department is working hard um, you know, on this. And if there's anyone who has any information um, on it, please, you can contact our police department. But mostly what I'd like to say to all of you is to think about what happened. And I, I do not think we can tolerate that now or going on into the future. And we need to call that out when that happens again and say, this is not who we are because it isn't. So that's all I have to say on that. Agree with you. It's Thank you for bringing are. it up. Mm -hmm. All right. Is there okay. any, other, any other business that we need to discuss? I actually just had a question. Um, and it's probably more for Brad. So Brad, if we're all in agreement that, you know, we're going to have this election, do you really have to bring it back to us? Can we just focus on moving forward and getting it done? Well, we, we will require sort of formal direction from you. Um, Mr. Keene and I are kind of working on all the steps that are necessary in a bond process. And it's been quite some time since we've done it. Mm -hmm. um, and so Dave and I are, I'm learning more than Dave, but Dave's dusting off uh, his memory of the last time. And so it, it'll take a little bit of work, but I believe it does require actual resolutions of council as well. So okay, um, for a special election. Okay. Yeah, we, we won't let it slow us down. Um, mm -hmm. And the mayor made comments earlier about pressuring staff. It'll be a push, uh, certainly, to get this done. But, uh, but again, it's it's been a while. Um, we're we're just getting to the point. Where we've made some decisions recently, and now is the point of allowing the public to weigh in on some of this work. And there'll be other work that we're talking about, and other options, and other input opportunities as well. But this hard infrastructure work, um, there there are steps that are necessary in order to to get to the public for a vote. Okay. I just wanted to make sure, you know, you weren't having to do that for our sake because every council person here has said we support this. So it's just kind of like, let's just move it forward. 
<laughs> well, well, I don't think I'm going to take a, a vote to the public for about $50 million worth of funds without an actual resolution from the okay. body, just for the record. But, uh, but nonetheless, I believe we do require it legally as well. Okay. If I could just, Maureen, you were a little bit <clears throat> vague about exactly the event what? that occurred. Um, I, I would add, like to add at least that this happened in the, um, in the neighborhood of, you know, Pine Meadow, Pine Meadow and Warbler's Way. Um, I don't think it's helpful to give the person's address, but uh, that is the neighborhood we're talking about. And it, it's, uh, it's vandalism that occurred uh, twice, frankly, in the last, uh, I guess, month, my, month to six, six weeks. So it's, um, it, it's a problem and it's embarrassing for our community, frankly. It is. You know, I mean, I, I believe we all believe in free speech and, you know, you have the right to put signs in your yards. And certainly the racial slur that was painted on the sidewalk was, you know, it's a crime. Um, and it was, it was horrible. And again, it, it's not um, who we are, nor is it, you know, who, who we want to be. So thanks, Steve. You're right. So um, I think we need to pay attention and we need to, you know, work hard and as all of us together to make sure that this doesn't, you know, that, you know, we work so it doesn't happen again. Okay, anything else? 8.30, not bad, <laughs> out of conversation. So um, we'll, we'll just look for hearing from a time that we can get together for a, um, you know, a work session and we'll, you know, come up with some topics and share what we're thinking and, you know, move forward with that. So thank you all for being here tonight and we'll see you on May 24th where we will approve our budget, hopefully. I think we're well on the way. <laughs> I don't think Dave would have liked to hear it, hopefully. Um, so anyway, uh, we'll see you on the 24th of May. Thanks a lot. Thank you all. Good night. Good night. All. Good night. Good night. This program is presented by the MCTV Network, a service of the City of Midland, Michigan. This presentation coincides with programming on Midland Government Television, covering government affairs in the City of Midland.